rejoice, for he has made me glad. Uh, Good morning, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. It's good to be together on this Lord's Day and this Thanksgiving weekend. Sometimes we're like a little boy who came home from a birthday party, and his mom met him at the door and asked him, uh, how was it? And so he showed her all of the candy and trinkets and all of the loot that he had collected at the birthday party. And mom said, wow, did you say thank you? And uh, he said, well, I was going to. But there was kind of a lineup at the door and the girl in front of me said thank you to the woman. And the woman told her, oh, don't mention it. (laughs) So he said, I didn't. Well, today it's time to mention it. It's Thanksgiving Sunday. It's time to mention it. It's, uh, and our worship time is going to look just a little bit different this morning. But first of all, I have to say, look at this beautiful decor up here. Can you see it way back there? It's, uh, you know, it, uh, it just reminded me of being on the farm again and took me back to some of those uh, uh, situations and images of uh, the harvest. So thank you, Tina, so much. Appreciate that. What are you thankful for? Well, as sports fans, we got to be a little bit thankful for those uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, A little pensive, a little pensive today, but uh, I think we're going to be okay. Got to be thankful for those Eskimos. Got some people from Calgary here this morning. Got to be really thankful for those Eskimos. Um, In early 1939, the first of the New York Yankees, Lou Gehrig, discovered that he was dying of a horrible, debilitating disease. But on the 4th of July of that year, he stood on the field of Yankee Stadium and he thanked everyone who had made his playing days uh, with that team so wonderful. And he was extensive in his thank yous. He thanked the fans. He thanked the groundskeepers, he thanked the vendors, he thanked the ticket takers, he thanked his managers, uh, he thanked his teammates, he thanked his parents, and especially he thanked his wife. He thanked everyone who made his job possible, and then he concluded his remarks by saying, I'm the luckiest man alive. I'm the luckiest man alive. I can hardly imagine the character of a man who, while facing a horrible death, could express such gratitude. Although we don't know a lot about his faith journey, it appears that his faith in God was important to him. But he mentioned it, his gratitude. He stood in front of all those fans on July the 4th, and he said, thank you. Today is a a day to be reminded of all the situations of life that have come to visit us. Some of them are very wonderful, and some of them are very difficult. But they have come to us, and uh, they have hopefully made us better. They have hopefully made us stronger. You can recount them in your own life. And how you respond to them seems to make all the difference in the world. It's interesting that sometimes in life, I don't know if it's always true, maybe it is, that sometimes in life it's perhaps not so much about the actual situation that we're facing, but the way we face it that proves to be life-giving. It's the attitude that we bring to it. 
At Thanksgiving, our minds often turn back to the story of the ten men that Jesus healed. You know, the men who had this dreaded disease called leprosy. Leprosy not only meant that they struggled with a physical infirmity, which gradually got worse and worse until their poor bodies were just totally mutilated, but beyond that was this whole sense of being removed from their family and their friends, and they had to live in these colonies outside the, the towns and the villages. They were outcasts from society. So that's why they stood at a distance from Jesus crying out for mercy. And Jesus had compassion on them. You know the story. He healed them. And uh, one out of, out of ten, only one came back to say thank you. The story helps us reflect on the importance of being thankful for God's goodness in our lives. So when you th look back in your life, do you see God's goodness? Can you look from that perspective? With the story of the ten lepers, Luke emphasizes the rarity of a thankful spirit. And here's the words of Jesus. He said, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? The scriptures remind us over and over again to keep a thankful heart because it changes how we live. It changes the contentment factor in life. We quit striving and we start thriving. We quit struggling and we start relaxing and we start enjoying. Gratitude is, the, is from the same root uh, word as the word grace. And so a person who has begun to accept how gracious God is becomes a grateful person. God is gracious. God is good. God is sovereign. And he is always unchanging, as Pastor Ed said this morning. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I give you a couple of reasons to be thankful as you think of God and, and how gracious he is? First, be thankful for all that God has given to us. Now, we sometimes measure that in terms of the physical, the assets that come our way, and we count our many blessings. But more importantly, I would say, give thanks for your creative mind. Your mind is awesome. And as I see who God has brought to TCC, I'm blown away by the creativity I'm blown away by the abilities and the training of people in this congregation. I learn more and more about people who are here who are such amazing thinkers. They're effective in their profession and their roles and, and who hold complex and challenging jobs, but they thrive in them. Thank God for creative minds, the ability to choose and act decisively, limitless knowledge to be discovered, the ability to grow and literature uh, and um, beauty. Thank God for God himself, for who he is, a kind and gracious father, a loving and forgiving father who forgives and loves his children. Can you imagine what this world would be like if we didn't have a God who was like that? Secondly, give thanks for the providence of God. Providence. Divine providence simply means the governance of God, the oversight of God, by which He, with love and wisdom, cares for and directs all things in this universe. 
Over and above all things that happen, God is at work and he's guiding and he's directing. Job said he'd learned one thing, that the purposes of God would not be thwarted or frustrated. In her beautiful book written so many years ago, The Hiding Place, Corrie ten Boom tells the incident that taught her the principle of giving thanks in all things. And it was during World War II, Corrie and her sister Betsy had been harboring Jewish people in their home, so they were arrested, they were imprisoned, they were sent to Ravensbrück camp, and the barracks were extremely crowded and infested with fleas. And one morning they read from their tattered Bible in 1 Thessalonians uh, the reminder to rejoice in all things, to give thanks in all things. And Betsy said, Corey, we've got to give thanks for the this barracks. We've got to give thanks even for the fleas. <laughs> and Corey replied, she said, no way, Betsy. I'm going to give thanks for these fleas. But Betsy was persuasive. And they did eventually thank God even for the fleas. And during the months that followed, they found that their barracks were left relatively unsupervised. And they could do Bible study. They could even pray out loud in their barracks. It was their only place of refuge. Several months later, they, realized, they learned that the reason the guards never entered their barracks was because of those blasted fleas. The providence of God. God is at work. He's a loving Father who cares for all of us. And he's overseeing our world and our lives. And in that we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. As a church, we say thank you, God, for his providence, for his sovereignty. He's been good to us. We come today like the one leper to say, thank you, God. Thank you for the resources. Thank you for your providential hand. Uh, there's an insert in your Sunday news today. It's actually called an infographic. And it's a unique way of communicating some of our history and some of what God has allowed us to be part of. We simply want to put that in your hands today to say thank you to God. God has been so good to us. And, uh, you know, we've held lots of worship services, preached 640 sermons, cooked up 25,000 hot dogs for our community events, given away 7,000 cookies, just some fun facts. And in the last few years, we've had over 345 uh, enrolled in our soccer camp. Over 10% of them gave their hearts to the Lord. We're so thankful. He has provided a place to meet back in 2003 when we wondered if we would have a place. God provided. He provided financial resources to launch this ministry when we didn't know it was possible. Before this ministry was even launched, I was in a home and uh, the, the dad, the husband in the home, as I was leaving, put a check in my hand, an envelope. I didn't know what was, in, what was in it. And when I opened it later, there was a check for $20,000. Before this ministry even had launched, and I know he was saying, we believe that God is leading, so here it is. We, he provided a place at Taylor College Gym when we ran out of space over at Holy Trinity Church. And he provided a piece of land to be built to, to, to build this church on in the very best location of the whole community, right on Main Street. And he provided the resources to hire staff, 
And he's brought to us an incredible staff, a staff that loves God, and they're all in. They're all in to serve him. And then he provided the resources to pay uh, this off this $6.2 million, and it's now down to $2 million. It's amazing. And today I just want to say with you, thanks to God, recognizing his hand in all of this. Take a look at what God has done for you. And today as we worship, just say a word of thanks. Say a word of thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you for life. Thank you for friends. Thank you for family. And like the man in the video that you're going to see right now, you'll see there's a chair. There's a chair to sit on. And whenever you feel the need to express thanks, just like do this proverbial chair sitting, pull up a chair and say, thank you. Kleenex, anyone? <laughs> this time we'll, uh, we'd just like to read a couple stories to you. This one's by Henry Newman on being grateful for everything. To be grateful for the good things that happen in our lives is easy. But to be grateful for all of our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, the rewards as well as the rejection, that requires hard spiritual work. Still, we are, we are only truly grateful people when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to the present moment. As long as we keep dividing our lives between events and people, we would like to remember and those we would rather forget. We cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift of God to be grateful for. Let's not be afraid to look at everything that has brought us to where we are now and trust that we will soon see in it the guiding hand of a loving God. Pastor H.B. Charles tells the following story about a woman he knew who showed up at church and prayed the same simple prayer. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. She prayed week after week. The kids at church would start laughing every time she opened her mouth because they knew it would be the same prayer. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. Finally, somebody asked her, why do you pray the same little prayer? She said, well, I'm just combining the two prayers that I know. We live in a bad neighborhood, and some nights there are bullets flying, and I have to grab my daughter and hide on the floor, and in that desperate state, all I know how to cry out is, Oh, Lord! But when I wake up in the morning and see that we're okay, I say, Thank you, Jesus. When I got to take my baby to the bus stop, and she gets on that bus, and I don't know what's going to happen to her while she's away, I cry, Oh, Lord! And then when 3 p.m. comes, and that bus arrives, and my baby is safe, I say, Thank you, Jesus. She said, these are the only two prayers I know, and when I get to church, God has been so good, I just put my two prayers together. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Our scripture reading comes from Psalm 95, from verse 1 through to verse 6, and Colossians chapter 3, from verse 15 through to verse 17, and we're reading from the Message Bible. Come, let us sing, let us shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. And why? Because God is the best, high king over all the gods. In one hand he holds down deep caves and caverns. 
and the other hand grasps at the high mountains. He made the oceans. He owns it. His hands sculpted earth. So come, let us worship. Bow down before him, on your knees before God who made us. Oh yes, he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock he feeds. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Thank you, Neil and uh, Trish Rao for reading the scripture to us. This morning we're going to hear from a number of uh, people, just a minute, expressing their gratitude to God, their thanks to God for how God's been good to them. So I'm going to invite these people to come up at the moment and just kind of stand behind me if you would all come. And uh, we're going to have uh, Yasmin start us off here. And then Ava will come. And then from there on, the names will be uh, behind you on the screen. Hi, my name is Yasmin. God has been good to me in many ways. He has given me a home and food, which many kids don't have. He has also been good to me by giving me a loving family. He has also comforted me through hard or stressful times. Another way he comforts me is when I think about this verse, Proverbs 3, verse 24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. He also loves me very much. He also gives me other people in my life, like my grandparents, friends, and teachers who support me. I really have so much to be thankful for. That's how God has been good to me. Amen. Amen. God is good to me because, one, he has given me amazing, wise, loving parents, too. He has given me a home and a warm bed to sleep in at night. Three, he has given me two wonderful younger siblings named Luke and Elise. Four, four he has protected me, guided me, and loved me through all my mistakes. Five, God have, has given me friends that are kind, funny, and loving. Six, he has given me aunts and uncles and cousins that love me and protect me. Seven, he has given me his word so I can know him better. Eight, he has given me grandparents that love me, spend time with me, and pray for me. I'm so thankful he has given me all of these gifts. Psalm 9, 1-2. Lord, I will give thanks to you with all my heart. I will tell you about all the wonderful things you have done. I will be glad and full of joy because of you. Most high God, I will sing the praises of your name. Amen. Thank you, Ava. God is good to me because he has given me a youth group that feels like a family. 
God is good to me because he has given me the ability to play a sport that I love. I'm thankful that he has surrounded me with people who love and care about me. He has given me opportunities to explore my passion in the arts. God is good because he gives me strength. And I'm thankful for my friends who are always there for me. God's blessed me with Pastor Ed because he's always there for me, whether I'm sad or happy. God's been good in blessing me with wonderful family. I'm thankful that God led us to Canada. God is so, God is so good. He sacrificed his only son for me when I don't deserve it at all. I'm thankful for my soccer team because we have gone through a lot together. God's been good for blessing me with wonderful friends at TCC. Firstly, I'm glad God gives us challenges. Secondly, God gives being good to me by giving security in a country I live in. Three, God's been good to me through relationships. Four, I'm glad God gives us freedom to spread his word. Five, I'm glad God gives us choices and we can learn from our mistakes. Six, I'm thankful for TCC's youth group. But whether I have these or not, I am to do what 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 instructs me to do. In everything, give thanks, for that is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I just wanted to start by saying a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ken and his benediction had prayed for discomfort, and that kind of resonated with me, so I joined a gym. But uh, I guess that's not what that was about, because <laughs> Jenny Matthew asked me last week to come up and speak, so this is my discomfort. <laughs> um, what I'm thankful for is uh, I've been a teacher for a long time, and about three years ago, due to unforeseen circumstances, um, I became a temporary teacher. So that means uh, year to year, it's a temporary contract. And then at the end of the summer, um, I don't, you don't know if you have a job for the fall. So during that time, um, lots of prayers, lots of support from friends um, and family. Um, I learned that nothing is constant in life, except for the overwhelming love of God and his provisions. So I'm so thankful. And then this past year, I not only got one permanent position offer, but I got two. So God is good, and he provides. God has been good to me in countless ways, but this morning I'm going to share something a little personal, so I do have Kleenex. <clears throat> this year, my youngest sister was diagnosed with stage 3 melanoma. Uh, my small group is going to know all about this. Three of the four lymph nodes on the left side of her groin had cancer cells and one out of the four on the right. She underwent a radical surgery on the left side to remove the cancer that also included muscle and skin grafts, but they had to leave the cancer cells on the other side until she had healed. They expected that to take about a year. Some five weeks ago, she went in for a follow-up CT scan. It indicated that not only had the cancer returned to the area they operated on, but it had spread. They detected a five millimeter spot on her lung and a spot on her brain. An MRI was scheduled for two weeks later to clarify their findings. The news was devastating. We lost mom two years ago to cancer, and all you can really do is take it to God. I prayed for courage and for peace 
And I prayed for the glory of God to be seen in his healing and that he would, his will would be done in however things turned out. Two weeks ago, she got the results from the MRI. They found no cancer in the surgery area and no changes on the other side. The spot on her lung had shrunk to less than two millimeters and there was no trace of a spot on her brain. The doctors don't really have an explanation outside of possibly the placement of blood vessels or shadows. Carrie Ann, however, believes that God has intervened in her life and her dealing and her healing is a demonstration of his power and love for her. She's reading the 40 Days of Purpose and she's attending our small group. It was so much more than I ever would have considered possible. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. I feel truly enveloped in a personal miracle of God's grace. Does God answer prayer today? Absolutely. And in ways we can't even think to imagine. We serve a powerful, loving, faithful God. And I am most grateful to be part of a church with God-sized dreams. Totally unfair. That's life. Totally unfair is saying when you're 70 years plus, can you say in one minute what God's been good to you about? <laughs> Impossible. So I'll try to sit at this brunch table right down here and I'll pontificate for an hour and a half if you'd like to sit and listen. <clears throat> one of the things that uh, has been alluded to already this morning and I've learned is that change is inevitable, but growth is optional. And it's in those changing environments, I think, that God displays not only his faithfulness, but his goodness. I've had occasion on a few times to say to my kids and lately to my grandkids, you know, don't settle for your good. Wait for God's best. And uh, my son's response to a lot of advice from his father like that is, uh, words are easy. It's tough to live it out. It is. But the results are great. Over my lifetime, there's been loads of things that uh, I haven't been real happy with that have uh, certainly been forks in a road, uh, potholes, and some of them pretty deep potholes, potholes. They're a hill when you try to climb out of them. But I can assure you that uh, God's faithfulness is unreal, unreal. There's a a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians that Paul shared with the Corinthian church. The wisdom of men is but foolishness in the eyes of God. And uh, the one thing that maybe I have struggled with uh, for all of my 70 plus years is being willing sometimes to settle for what I think is the good because it pleases me instead of waiting for the best, which pleases God. Last 18 months have been uh, different months for me. Uh, moving from Waterloo, Ontario, uh, out to uh, Edmonton, uh, trying to sell a house. I had a 
what I thought was a great offer, pleased me, uh, fell through. Uh, oh boy, where do we go now? A little bit later, God took over his offer through whoever he decided uh, maybe could use my house and send me to Edmonton. Uh, more than the listing price, no conditions. Fantastic. Move out here, find a landlord that uh, you couldn't beat to get along with. Great house to live in, great location, close to this church. And when the landlord is your daughter and your son-in-law, how can you beat that? <laughs> There's uh, words in Isaiah that I think, for me at least, reinforce the fact that God's best is his agenda. Isaiah wrote, as God prompted him, these words from God himself. I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. What I have said, that will I do. What I have planned, that will I bring about. I have a little note that I wrote in the side of my Bible on those verses. God's agenda, Bill, not yours. Because God's agenda brings out the best. And the best for me is just understanding how the truth of God's word can come so alive in the tough times. Anybody who's successful in life will more than likely admit to you that they learned a lot more from their failures in the tough times than they ever learned from their successes. Thank you, Lord for your grace and your mercy that takes us through those tough times so we can enjoy your best. What a blessing it is to live in the context of every day knowing that that context is measured and built around and under the umbrella of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to tell you a story shortly, and then Norm's going to come and we're going to share some announcements. And Henry Nouwen was a well-known writer, scholar, priest, passed away a number of years ago, six, seven years ago. He became fascinated in the last years of his life with a group of trapeze artists called the Flying Roadlies. And there was just something about their courage and their inspiration that just motivated him. And uh, so one day he said, I was sitting with Rodley, the, the leader of the troop, and I was talking about flying. And he said, as a flyer, I must have complete trust in my catcher. The public might think that I'm the real star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe, my catcher. He has to be there with split-second precision and grab me out of the air as I come to him in the long jump. How does it work, I asked. The secret, Rodley said, is that the flyer does nothing and the catcher does everything. 
When I fly to Joe, I have simply to stretch out my arms and my hands and wait for him to catch me and pull me safely over the apron behind the catch bar. You do nothing, I said, surprised. Nothing? Rodley replied, nothing. The worst thing the flyer can do is try to catch the catcher. I'm not supposed to catch Joe. It's Joe's task to catch me. If I, can't, if I grab Joe's wrists, I might break them, or he might break mine. And that would be the end for both of us. A flyer must fly, and a catcher must catch, and the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that his catcher will be there for him. I love that little story. And, and it reminded me of some of the things that Brad put together in this little video, Did You Know? Did you know that God has been our catcher through these years of TCC ministry. We've been trying to fly, but we would be a disaster without our catcher. He has caught us time after time after time and brought us safely to the place where he wants us to be. I know that he's caught us far more than, than I know that he's caught us. I know that we haven't seen all the ways that he's caught us, but he has. And today, we just say thank you to our Father for catching us over and over again in these years of ministry. And you know, we're counting on Him to catch us in the years ahead. And we want to move forward with a grateful heart. The wise King Solomon wrote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek Him in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. We will be thankful for His catching us as we move alongside of our congregation in terms of deepening our commitment to making disciples. That's what we want to do in the days ahead. We want to make disciples who will change the world. It was the process that Jesus modeled, and it's what we want God to do uh, as we walk with him in these coming days. We will be thankful as we, reach, as we move forward in reaching out to our Terwilliger community as we identify specific felt needs in the community, there may be some things that will be resourceful with uh, ESL, some classes for seniors uh, who want to learn computer, some support groups for grief and divorce recovery and so on. And that kind of outreach will put us up front and center with our community. And we want to be, be uh, thankful to God for the way he leads us in developing meaningful ministry for our international community. Perhaps we can establish a ministry here that will be really, really very special to those that are coming to our congregation. There was a page in the journal on Tuesday that said that Edmonton is fifth among Canadian urban centers in the number of new Canadians settling here. And that last year there were 15,465 immigrants and refugees who made Edmonton their permanent home. And all of that speaks to us of some next steps for us at TCC in our ministry. And we will be thankful for our youth as we see God move in this next generation. In the next five years alone, in our ranks, we have a couple of hundred kids making their way, uh, that are moving, that are transitioning from our children's ministry into our youth ministry. And we will be thankful that their lives are being changed to the glory of God. And we will be thankful for the ways that God is going to open doors when it comes time to launch a new church plant. We will be asking God for the right time 
for him to lead us to a church planting pastor who will take the reins of this new congregation and run with it. We will watch with bated breath as people come into the new congregation and come to know the creator of the world and his son Jesus Christ our Lord. And we will be thankful to see this unfold as, as God moves among us. And we will be thankful for the raising of $2 million that will completely erase our debt. Oh, I know that will be a great day when we will have uh, the ability to publicly burn the mortgage note and the $250,000 that it takes to service that debt is now shifted towards discipleship and outreach and international ministry and youth and then church planting as well. And by eliminating our debt, we will have freed up $125,000 to flow into these ministries at TCC and another 125000 to flow into the ministry of church planting every year. It's incredible. And I just am so excited for what God is going to do. We are thrilled, we're excited, and we're thankful. Did you know that God has been our catcher through these years of TCC ministry? We've been trying to fly, but we would be a disaster without our catcher. He has caught us time after time after time, and he has brought us to the next place where he wants us to be. So we owe God, on this Thanksgiving weekend, a huge, huge, huge thanks. And let's say that to him this morning, would you? Lord, thank you for leading us. Thank you for being our catcher all through these years. Thank you for your blessing. We do not take that for granted. You've been so good, so faithful uh, to us, and we ask your blessing as we continue to go forward. In Jesus' name.